Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast here from the Manchester Evening News. I am your host Ash Barami and I am pleased to be joined by... Stu Brennan. Only please. <laughs> so he called me out on this last Rich time. Rich Faye was delighted. <laughs> They're always delighted. They're delighted every week, so I've challenged them yeah. to come up with a new word. Okay, I'm equally pleased. I was going to say concern, but uh, please, please, <laughs> just, it's just a torn down, isn't it? And Simon Baikowski. I'm delighted, but to, but I am on my third cup of coffee, so. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just stick with pleased. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, where to start? I mean, City... Six nil against Chelsea. Another, another Sergio Aguero masterclass, really, wasn't it at the at the Etihad? Well, it was it was a Manchester City masterclass, really. Um, you think about it. I mean, Aguero missed had the miss of the season as well, and thrown in there, uh, hit the bar. He could easily have, uh, you know, if he'd, have, if he'd have put those two, he equals the Premier League record. Um, but I just thought it was a, a terrific City performance. Um, I got a. I went to my little lads' football the other night, and the dads were talking about it. And as I walked up, somebody said, "Oh, you'll have been there. What, what did you make of it?" And I said, "Well, actually, City were probably not far off being as good as that in the first twenty minutes at Stamford Bridge, but they didn't put the chances away, and they all looked at me like I was I was mad. But I, I think that's true. I mean, they, they played really, really well in those first twenty minutes at Stamford Bridge, um, but missed chances and." Uh, and then Chelsea scored just before half time, and it, everything changes. Um, but I, I thought they were excellent. I mean, they, they had everything. The, the Pep's tactical setup, the way that they uh, they stifled Jorginho, um, the way that they, they found the space, the spaces in between Chelsea's midfield and the defence, and exploited them, um, set it all up, and then the players executed it perfectly. And then when the chances came. They were they were absolutely clinical, you know. Apart from that one Aguero one, that, that where he he somehow skewed it wide from from a yard out. Mm. I don't think um, it made many many stories or headlines because of the nature of the answer. But I believe you put that point of view across to Alex Inchenko, didn't you, about them playing well at Stamford Bridge? Yes, I did. I did. Um, See if you can remember the answer because I couldn't. Well, he um, he looks a bit puzzled at first. He was trying to remember the game. I, I think at first he was trying. I think what Stamford Bridge and then he said, oh yeah, that, yeah, that's Chelsea. But he um, he said he said it was a very good question. Mm. Well, I think he was buying time for, <laughs> at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, he 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 said, well, maybe maybe we did. Um, and then he, he came out with the usual footballers. Platitudes. I think I don't think he said anything <laughs> massively interesting after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficult one because he, I, I thought they were excellent to, to start off with at Chelsea. But it just shows you how games can turn. You know, just on the fact that you don't. Pep keeps saying this. You know, you don't yeah. put your chances away. You. Well, there, there was one chance at Stamford Bridge that Jesus or Sterling who missed when it was nil nil, and that was a really good chance. Mm-hmm. And I think they scored with. 
four of the first five shots on yeah. target on Sunday. So yeah. that's the difference. Well, remember, we spoke last week on the podcast saying City would be out for revenge. This definitely got that. Yes. But, um, I mean, so where, do you, where, where would you think that performance ranks amongst Pep's Pep's best team performances? It was. It was certainly certainly one of the best up there um it was funny because the the first question of like a post-match press conference is generally always like give us your thoughts on the game a variation of that it's just a bland generic there you go speak and uh, the first question on sunday was sort of you know that must be one of the best performances you've you've seen at the etihad under your rain pep and and his response was yes <laughs> nothing more and it's like come on you've just won 6-0 tell us about you know winning 6-0 and no not not in the mood for uh, for continuing but as a performance it just all came together in that sort of first 25 minutes but then they also dominated enough after the second half to add another two goals and I didn't think Chelsea played that poorly they made some shocking mistakes in defence but they caused City more problems going forward than most teams. Yeah, it's fair. City made them look worse as opposed to... I mean, a lot of people criticise Chelsea performance, but you have to understand that even towards the end, I mean, City was still pressing. The press was still on them. It was not like they just eased off completely. Yeah, I think it it was was one of the the Burton players who tweeted, like, now you see what we were up against. And, and, And it's true, like, you know, Burton should have no shame about getting smashed at the Etihad because if a team as good as Chelsea can can lose six nil then then anything is on the table we actually asked Bernardo Silva the same question about how does that rank in terms of your performances the team performances since you got here and he sort of thought for a second and the first one he came up with was Liverpool he said that Liverpool win like a few weeks ago he said, he said that was really really good um, a different kind of performance you know I don't think they were as fluid or as I was devastating in that Liverpool game as they were against Chelsea, but the fact that they 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 worked really hard for it, you know, Bernardo's a player who who combines the two. He, he works incredibly hard, but he's uh, he's got loads of ability as well, and I think that's what he's thinking that that Liverpool game, they worked fantastically hard. You know, they bat, they showed that that side of the that side of City that gets underplayed a little bit sometimes. The fact that they've got a massive heart. As well as, as being players of, of terrific football ability, um, against Liverpool they put the two of them together and, and won a, an absolutely massive game. Uh, against Chelsea, it was obviously you, you work hard in every game, but they didn't have to really scrap for it the way they did against Liverpool. Um, it was they didn't have. I mean, we, we all came out of the Liverpool game feeling exhausted from just watching it from the press box. So uh, goodness knows what the, the players on the field felt like. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it was it was a top top performance. I mean, no. I, I would say, having not answered your question, Ash, um, Chelsea away last season when they won one nil, or Tottenham away last season when they pretty much won the league, having lost three games in a row, were the best performances I've seen from from a Guardiola team. Not the ones where the blow teams were then? Um, or do you think... They're sort of, you know, can be very enjoyable and amazing mm-hmm. things to see. But I think in terms of it mattering and against really good teams, I mean, at Stamford Bridge, they played the champions and, and blew them away, even though they won 1-0. And it was just like, 
perfection, a perfect ninety minutes, and and Tottenham took a lot of a lot of guts as well. Yeah, yeah I'd I'd throw in which Tottenham game did you? The three uh, one last season. Yeah, when, they, when they, they, they won the league the next day. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. That was when I was gonna throw in, and also uh, the win at Arsenal last season in the middle of the beach oh, yeah. knees just after mm. they beat Arsenal in the Carabao Cup final. Um, because everyone thought they'd have a bit of a downer after after winning at Wembley, uh, the weather was atrocious. You know, we had a real struggle getting to the ground. How did you get there? I was meant to go to that game last year, but yeah. my, I couldn't get across them sixty-two to. Ah, oh, well, you see, <laughs> cross-country skiing. It's all my triathlon training that did it. Um, no, the uh, it, we, it was it was a heck of a journey. It took quite a long time, and uh, we had to come off the M1 once uh, because it was a huge pile up in all the snow um, but we, we managed to get there eventually and then got there and found out that half of London couldn't get there which was, uh, that tells you all you need to know about London now doesn't it really, to be honest um, turns out I, half I thought, of Arsenal couldn't get there either. Well, yeah yeah I think the Arsenal defence failed to get there at some point but I, I just I mean I, I just think of that goal uh, Leroy Sane's goal in that game which was just the ultimate Pep Guardiola, Manchester City goal. Um, I mean, that, that's something that'll live with me for the rest of my life. I think just, just the sheer beauty of that goal and the fact that it was like every pass was on the edge. Um, and also, I mean, that, that game wasn't completely one-sided. Edison had a really good first half. You know, he saved a penalty, didn't he? And he, yeah. he made a couple of other really good saves. So it was a complete team performance in, in that regard. You know, you can't leave the goalkeeper out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I chuck that one in as well. Uh, but they've been so many; we sort of get used to them now. You know, a, a good city performance is kind of average these days. If, if you get my meaning, it's the norm. Uh, and then every now and then you'll get one like Chelsea or, or the ones we've been discussing, and uh, those are the ones that sort of stick out in your mind. Yeah, and I want to touch on a few of the unsung heroes from that Chelsea game. But I mean, we talked about Sergio Aguero last week and how good I mean how good he is. But Stu, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been you've been watching football. A long, long time. How? Where does he rank amongst amongst the all-time forward nice, greats? Nice way of saying he's old. I think one long would have sufficed there, rather than a long, long time. If you know. um, where does he rank? I think he's the best striker of the Premier League era. I mean, I hate using that term, the Premier League era, because it's it's a bit of a bogus one, you know. As if football only started in in 1993. Um, the, so, the last 30 years yeah the last 30 years I mean going going back before that in England I'm struggling I mean there's obviously been some great strikers you know, this, going back to Dennis Law and Jimmy Greaves and people like that and you know Ian Rush um, there's two ways of looking at it isn't there there's the best goal scorer and the best footballer yeah I mean Jamie Carragher put it well on Sky I mean he said he's the best goal scorer but he's not the best footballer but yeah, I, don't, I think I think I thought that was a good way of putting it. He's obviously he's got to be up there amongst best goal scorers. I mean, goals to minute. I think the ratio is yeah, yeah. top of that. So it's strike and centre forward. I think yeah, yeah. yeah I'd agree with that. I'd yeah. agree with that. Uh, I mean, there was comparisons being made with Thierry Henry, wasn't there? Um, Very different I'd, players. Yeah, yeah, Henry was more exciting in in a lot of ways, you know, because he'd, he'd be cut, you know he'd seen pick the ball up um, and cut in from the. From the, the flank, you know, beat players and then stick it in the corner. Aguero was a bit more explosive than that. He comes alive round the box. Um, 
still still very watchable. You know, there's no greater sight than seeing him stand up a, a centre half and go past him and then smash it in the corner. Um, but yeah, very different players. I mean, Alan Shearer is obviously the sort of the benchmark because of the number of goals he scored. But he's, he was pretty. Much, I mean, he had a little bit of everything, but he was very much an old-fashioned English centre forward. You know, who, who could edit. He used to bully centre halves a little bit. Uh, had a hell of a shot on him as well. Uh, and used to pop up in the right place at the right time. Um, so in that regard, he had a little bit more to his all-round game than Aguero. But like you say, I mean, if you're a goal scorer like Shearer and Henri and Aguero, um, the bottom line for those guys is how many how many times hit the back of the net, and Aguero does it more frequently than any of them. I think with Aguero as well, I mean, it's one of them where you're going to have to look back on once he's finished playing maybe yeah. to truly appreciate it because it's, it's difficult in this moment in time because obviously he's, he's obviously a City legend. He's going to be a Premier League legend once he's gone and looked back on. So I think it's one of them you're going to have to look back on and it, Well, it's also on. incredible that like he's still getting better. And, you know, Glad, I know Guardiola can tell I've never had a problem with him, but there was a, a clash of styles in that first season. Um, and both took lessons from it and the result have been phenomenal. But the last few, you know, it's been Aguero against Liverpool who pulled them through, Arsenal, Chelsea. He's always, he's got a great record against top six teams and he's always been reliable, but it's always been, you know, he can score a goal from nowhere. He can pop up and, you know, if the ball falls to him, you can, he can score. But there's been a sense lately when City have needed him that he's sort of stepped up and led the team and that is something that we haven't always seen from him before but it's it almost like like Torre used to score mammoth goals for City it's been Aguero the last month or so that's done it yeah. did you um, notice anything at full time any music being played that was a bit, <laughs> was a bit yes one step beyond <laughs> they, I mean City have played it I think the last few years when they've when they've beaten them, you can understand why. Quite, I thought it was funny. Like it, you can understand it's, it's why fans would find it funny, and you no. can understand why City would feel like they should probably apologise to Chelsea. You think uh, for it because yeah. they have to deal with it, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's hilarious for the fans. Yeah, the fans yeah. love that kind of thing, and if Chelsea did it back, the City fans would have to take it. But on a club level, I mean. It, it, as always, when you get two clubs at that level who are competing with each other, with each other for, for prizes, there's been bad blood between City and Chelsea in recent yeah. years, um, as there has between United and City and between Liverpool and City, you know, um, little incidents in tunnels and stuff. You're going to get that because you've got two teams who desperately want to win and if something goes on, it spills over a little bit. Uh, and City and Chelsea had a, and it's such an incident a couple of years ago down at Stamford Bridge. So bearing in mind that there's that little bit of bad blood, and you're always trying to repair the, you know, heal the wounds because football doesn't need it really. It doesn't, you know, doing something like that. If you're if you're sitting in the Chelsea, you're one of the Chelsea directors sitting up in the box. Um, you're going to think, well, why have they done that? You know, why are they just rubbing salt in the wound here, kind of thing. And it, it looks it looks a little bit classless. For the fans to do it, you know, the fans are singing Jurgen Klopp's cracking up. The club can't be seen to to endorse anything like that, you know. Mm. Um, the, only, the only example I can think of in recent years of a club endorsing it is United allowing that banner. the banner at, at the Stratford end of 35 years, you know, um, which was which was 
I mean, it's, it's good fun for the fans. You know, I don't blame the United fans for that because that's just all part of the fun of of, of Manchester derby. Um, but for United to say, yeah, yeah, we'll allow that to happen. We'll allow the fans to put that that up, is is a little bit classless. Just oh, a lot classless, you could argue. Um, and equally. City, somebody you can't say City. It was just one individual who decided to do it for for goodness knows what reason. And I suspect, having spoken to one or two uh, senior executives at City, I suspect that individual has been hauled over the coals um, for doing it and told in no uncertain terms that if it happens again, they've got a serious problem. Because um, I, I spoke to um, somebody down the tunnel after the game he was absolutely fuming about it I mean from know, City on, or? from City yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of, one of the one of the City execs he was absolutely furious about it yeah. uh, and you know they, they were sort of making it plain that it, it was not going to be tolerated and that the person involved would be would be seriously disciplined for it so yeah well City came out obviously issued that statement apologising to Chelsea about it so mm-hmm. I, and when you when you spoke to senior Chelsea people about it, they said, speak to City. So yeah. it was clear from, from them that City had dealt with the manner in an appropriate way. You know, they were happy enough with City's response to it that they didn't feel the need to say anything else or put any more aggro or bad blood. So, it, you know, it was dealt with well, I think. Yeah. Another thing that happened at the end of the game was Pep and Sarri. I mean, Sarri just... It means- I think Zola said to Pep that he didn't Savvy didn't see him but I mean watching the replays I mean it's not like he's like on the other side of the pitch is he he's about what? I just think he couldn't wait to get in the dressing room I think, <laughs> I think he'd seen enough he just wanted to get out of there I don't I don't think there was any, any dis- I don't think Sarri had disrespect Pep in that way yeah. it's not like they'd had anything any bad blood there'd been no trouble on the field there'd been no trouble between the managers so I don't see any reason why what I think he just wanted to get out Sometimes, I mean I it happens, doesn't it? You know, you, I, we've all done it where you've been at a, a do or something, and you you thinking of getting home, and you you get halfway home and realise you didn't say farewell to the person who's do it was that, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. sometimes you just get get a, a blinkered view, uh, and I, I think he just wanted to get down the tunnel, probably to rip his players apart. Yeah, he's probably more um, just angry with his own team as opposed yeah, to yeah, he was clearly Ch- clearly angry. He had yeah. every right to be angry. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he was directed at Pep. Uh, and I'm sure that they've. I'm sure they'll have had a word with him afterwards. I'm sure that they'll have been all, all sort of play. You know, it's an emotional game, isn't it? These things happen all the time. It's a spur of the moment thing, and then it's it's gone. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't judge Sarri by that in any any way. Yeah, yeah it was a funny one because like the excuse seems flimsy. Oh, I didn't see him. And you sort of think, well. But but then it's it's kind of a non-issue because you know that they're on good terms. These are people who like have dined together in their free time, so they clearly get on. They they like each other. They respect each other. So it and you know shaking hands in the the public. You dealt with it well. People have um, done post-match. You know sometimes you get raw emotions on post-match interviews because managers or players are sort of coming off events fresh when what they really want to be doing is giving someone a, a telling off so it, it was and, and I can see why a lot was made of it but at the same time there wasn't really anything in it yeah so moving on we're going to head to a <laughs> we're going to head to a break now but before we do go to a break we have our weekly quiz question and it's um 
I think I thought it was a bit of a tough one, but I'll see if you guys might know it. You might have already done a piece on it in the last few days, actually, so who knows? <laughs> so, question is, who has made the most passes for City in the Premier League this season? Who has made the most passes for City in the Premier League this season? Stu's got his hand up, is it? So I think he... I think, Just put his think he in knows. his pocket as well. Well, so I'll let Cy go first. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, I know the answer. Uh, we'll, we'll I'm going to make a complete idiot myself and get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll head to a break, then we'll come back and give you the answer to the question. Hello and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Just before the break, we left you with a quiz question on who has made the most passes for City in the Premier League this season. Stu was the first to raise his hand, so we're yeah, going to give it to I'm Stu. I'm to regret it now. <laughs> no, no, give it to Si because I want to... We'll, we'll give it to Si. Go on, si. I would guess at Laporte. Imric Laporte? I think he's absolutely right. <laughs> Imric Laporte is the right answer yeah he, he was, passes all the time yeah, doesn't he yeah, there was one pass on on Sunday where he just arrowed it to Bernardo so oh yeah it's yeah. just unbelievable yeah. just, it looked like if Bernardo hadn't controlled it it would still be travelling now yeah it was just yeah. like so flat and, and it, it was wasted really because it, it, it was a fantastic pass it was incredible control he, he chested it and then brought yeah. it down instantly and then just hit the defender <laughs> De Bruyne was streaming down yeah. the right if it had freed De Bruyne and he crosses it and somebody scores it's one of the goals of the season you, but uh, I was gonna, sorry I was just going to ask do you think you could play defence in midfield when Fernandinho is maybe, maybe being rested mm. he certainly looks like he's capable I mean. you think that of Stones and when, when they tried it with Stones he, he looked lost yeah. I think like Laporte Stones is good when he's got the whole of the field in front of him I mean, I'm I, I obviously not the same level, but I used to play in defence. I started off at left-back and, and used to play centre-back, so left-side centre-back, like Laporte, and nearly as good, obviously. But, um, <laughs> but I always used to... I when If ever I played in midfield, I always found that you're looking round, you're looking over your shoulder all the time, everything's going on around you. When you're at the back, you've got everything, the players in front of you, so, you know, you, you can see everything. You can see all your options. You can see what's coming at you. You can see what your own team are doing. When you move into midfield, you've got to be so much more aware. You've got to have so much better peripheral vision. You've got to be that little bit sharper, a little bit quicker. Uh, as Fernandinho is, John Stones looks lot lost when he played defensive midfield because he just wasn't quick enough. He was, Maybe, you know, give him time. If he if he played there a few times, he might he might improve. Uh He's certainly got the passing ability. He's got mm. the the defensive ability, and so is Laporte. But you, you put him in defensive midfield, you lose something from him at the back, you yeah. know. Um, and I think that's what he's good at. He's he knows there's nobody behind him. He knows he's just playing the ball forwards, and he's uh, he's, he's brilliant at pinging pinging crossfield balls and also sliding them down down the left for for Sane or Zinchenko or whoever uh, whoever sort of mm. running ahead of him the reason I asked as well is because I looked at the Premier League stats and he's also top of the Premier League stats out of Jorginho so alright uh, jo- Jorginho is my wild card for uh, defensive midfield for City I thought you were going to say fantasy football no <laughs> no no I think um, you know Sarri loves him and he's perfect for Sarri's style and I think if if Chelsea get rid of Sarri which I wouldn't advise but like when you lose 6-0 you're in trouble um, I'm not sure there's going to be that many managers out there that will want to pin 
pin their team around Jorginho like Sarri does, but City obviously wanted him last summer, so just want to keep... a, a cheeky bid now that relations are smooth between City and Chelsea. <laughs> want, want to keep an eye uh, on in the summer. Yeah. You never know. But um, the FA Cup returns again this weekend in the City of Newport. Stu, what, have you ever been to Newport County's ground? Is it always want to tick off for you? Yeah, it'd be a new ground for me. Um, I think. I mean, I used to come with Stockport County back in the old fourth division days, but uh, I don't recall ever going to, to Newport uh, at any point. So, yeah, it'll be a new one. Um, it looks like quite an experience. I watched the, uh, yeah. the Middlesbrough <laughs> replay and uh, it looked like, you know, proper FA Cup throwback to a bit of a mud heap. Yeah, and it, it, unlike Burton in the League Cup side, I mean, this this tie comes just before the before the champ before obviously sorry the Champions League game against Schalke and mm-hmm. you're looking at the game this weekend there's it's it's not a two-legged tie like Burton was so I mean what kind of team do you think Pep strong. maybe up for strong. very strong <laughs> very strong or I, strong I, I th- just strong but I think he'll play strong because he um, he he keeps mentioning Wigan so he's quite he's quite raw still about that FA Cup defeat and that um <laughs> They played a strong team on that night, but they, you know, it kind of reinforced his message that anything can happen and he's still not quite sure about this team in knockout football. So as they plan for the latter stage of the Champions League, I think any opportunity to play a strong team in a knockout tie will will be utilised. Do you fancy any more younger players to possibly get a chance? Maybe Phil Ford and maybe well, New Rich and Goal? I, I agree with Si that it'll be a strong team, but the beauty of it is now the the injuries are cleared yeah. up largely. You know, there's only Mending Company who, who are probably not in the running, and obviously Bravo. So he can play a strong team without. Uh, I, you know, I, I've written a piece saying that he could feasibly change all 11 players from the team that beat Chelsea. And you'd look at that team and think that's strong enough to to beat Newport with something to spare David Silva might get a game well exactly (laughs) David Silva Riyad Mahrez Gabriel Jesus Leroy Sane you know these players didn't start against Chelsea Uh, Fabian Delph you know Fabian Delph's a a classic player coming for a game like this because he knows what it's about you know he's He's got that bit of Yorkshire grit about him. He knows what the FA Cup's about, going to going to these muddy grounds. It'll take him back to his youth, I'm sure, and he'd, he'd, he'd love it. He'd, he'd relish the, the chance, as long as he don't get sent off like he did for <laughs> Wigan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the only the only problem they'd have in terms of uh, rotation is in defence. Um, you know, Otamendi can come in, um, but then you, you probably would have to bring one of the youngsters in, you know, or even both of them, Sandler and Garcia, uh, Pep trusted them in the second leg at Burton when it was an icy pitch, and then praised them because they, uh, you know, they they carried on playing the football even though conditions underfoot weren't great. Um, whether he'd want to risk them in the mud in the South Wales because um, he does want to win this cup. I think we've seen that. You know, the fact that he hasn't he's played Edison in the uh, in the FA Cup um, and has, has gone remarkable. We keep turning up for cup games and expecting mass changes and seeing Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Sergio Aguero and all, all these players so uh, he clearly has got one eye on it so you kind of think from that he's clearly got one eye on winning all four um, he'll never have, he'll always say that it's nonsense because it's impossible but how do you top last season getting 100 points well the only way of doing it perhaps is to win all four he's done it at Barcelona 
uh, where he won, he reminded everybody he got six in a season. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he he will he will go strong, but he he can go strong by and still change most of if not all of his team yeah I think that's 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 a beauty of the squad depth that they have and if there was any probably any pros to having injury problems early in the season is when players like De Bruyne are coming back they need that match practice and it's cup games like this that give them the opportunity to to maybe get their minutes yeah and it like the whole of City's success relies on them going far in four competitions really because he doesn't have that bigger squad but at least one or two very good players have to be left out of every matchday squad as it is. So if you've just got the Premier League to go at, then players are going to get disillusioned and want to leave. Whereas if you can give them games in the cup competitions, then they're still going to feel part of it. They're still going to feel happy. You know, Zinchenko was brought back in the, his first game in like a month against against Chelsea. Delph will, will come back into play. So it's... It's giving these players opportunities to keep keep them happy, keep the squad happy. Everyone's involved. I'm just trying to think. I mean, talk about priorities for Pep, and I mean, maybe the priority for fans, maybe the league. But it, it, would you say the league or Champions League? I mean, if, if you had maybe had to choose one, and that had to be it, would the Premier League still outweigh the Champions League based on? I mean, what's gone on this season with the rivalry with Liverpool or would the Champions League be? I, I, I'm not sure there is a priority. I, I think if, if, if you nailed it down, I think the club, the club for, for its own purposes, want a Champions League because they know that that's how you take off. You know, that's like what I'm with Chelsea. Chelsea became more of a global phenomenon once he'd won the Champions League. They'd already won Premier League titles uh, and sort of established themselves in, in that regard. Uh, but it's the only it's the final barrier for City. It's the, the thing they haven't done yet. You know, they haven't won the Champions League. Uh, and until until you've done that, um, you, you, you're not part of the European elite. Uh, once they've done that, they're part of the European elite. They'll start growing. They can start growing in global terms you know growing growing the, the global support growing commercially they've done really well commercially on a worldwide basis but they'll grow even more if they've got champions that Champions League trophy in the cabinet so I think the club really really want the Champions League uh, like you say most fans you speak to still see the Premier League as, as a priority they're not obviously they'd like to win the Champions League but if they had a choice it would it would be the be the, uh, the the Premier League, but like you say, the the, the thing now is that um, there's such a strong rivalry with Liverpool that they're desperate to to beat them as well as uh, as well as win back to back titles. Um, so that that comes into play as well. The the two cups, I mean, they're in a final for one of them, so you know you might as well go all out to win that. Uh, and the FA Cup would kind of be number four, you would guess at the minute. But uh, like like Sai says, if you if you can just keep putting a team out to win it and keep going in it, it's uh, you just see where it leads. There's not a lot of strong teams left in the FA Cup, so you could see them winning the two domestic cups, and then you're not an awful long way way away from uh, from doing all four. You know, you, you can't. You, Pep says it's impossible. I'd say it was 
almost impossible. But I would have said that getting 100 points was almost impossible <laughs> before last season. So you wouldn't really rule this squad out of, of anything. Was it you that said it was 1st of March, Si? That Pep yeah, doesn't pre- want to talk to Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's that um, you've won the Carabao Cup through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League and FA Cup, I think. It would be quarter, it would be through the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Yeah. Without the first leg being played, I think. Yeah, so they'd yeah. still have the second leg to come, but it would be kind of, you know, you could feasibly talk of it I think and and still in a still in a position to to win the league which is is very much doable in the next three games mm. whatever happens I think the next three games we'll know a lot more about well we're sitting yeah, I mean, one choice will be down and it'll uh, be um, it'll be interesting because I think the Premier League which is harder I think, I think the Premier League's probably still harder for them just because Liverpool have been so good this season whereas they're kind of coming into the knockout stage of the Champions League with form and an injury free squad Um, Mm. but they've never taken that step in the Champions League I think Guardiola would really love to sort of stop criticism of him and lift City to another level yeah well, who knows? We'll see. We'll know a lot more probably in 11 days' time when City play in the Carabao Cup final and obviously United play Liverpool. will be... Yeah, quite a that's, day. That's that. going to be an interesting day. I think we'll be, day. Manchester will be United. Yeah, it's... Um, well, City will be at Wembley warming up when that game's going on. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if they're... Uh, if Pep comes out to watch the warm-ups or is <laughs> caught watching the game. They tend, they tend to watch the games before before they actually play in and around when they play so I'm sure I'm sure he'll be watching it's interesting we'll, we'll see anyway we'll, we'll be back I think next week sometime before the Schalke game I think you, you two when do you two fly out to Schalke is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Tuesday Tuesday yeah, yeah. Tuesday, so we'll look at probably next Monday if, you, if you're both in see there on ahead of time on the podcast brilliant for the I remember it's delighted not pleased yes you can blame Cy for that he, he called me out on it last week so I had to change it up we'll see which word you come up with for next yeah. week get a thesaurus probably won't be me he'll be rich back next week so he can we'll leave it to him thank you for joining us on the Talking City podcast if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to us on Aircast or on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review do let us know, do get in touch and it will really help us help us grow on the podcast. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. <laughs>